Richard was born in Minnesota. His father died while he was a boy, and he got a job as a railroad telegraph operator to help earn money for the family. Interestingly, it was that job which began a career path that made him a household name. The story is this edition of The American Countryside. This is Andrew McRae, host of The American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in their industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends for grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com. I learned patience from my adoptive dad. All he had to say was, Hey, you got this. Just breathe. Hey, <laughs> we're pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Might have to start a band. <laughs> I got it. Learn about adopting a teen from foster care. You can't imagine the reward. <laughs> Visit adoptuskids.org to find out more. This message is brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Joshua Dixon is the news director at KLGR Radio in Redwood Falls, Minnesota, one of the stations that airs this daily broadcast. He recounts the story of a young man with ties to their town. Richard Sears was born in Stewartville in 1863 when the Civil War was going on down south. But times were difficult for the Sears family. After his father died, the family bounced around Minnesota for a while to support his widowed mother and his sisters. When Richard Sears was about 16, 17 years old, he got a job at the railroad as a telegraph operator. While working at the train depot, Sears became aware of a scam that was being perpetrated on small-town shop owners. Large businesses in large cities would choose a business in some rural area and just send them a crate of their product, like bolts of cloth or buggy whips or whatever. And the small business in the rural area would be informed that this package had arrived from them on the railroad. And they'd say, well, we didn't order that. So that shop owner would send a message to the large company informing them of the package they did not order. The manufacturers would say, oh, hey, our mistake. Just ship it back to us at your expense. It would cost more to ship it back than to just buy the product and sell it and be done with it. Young Mr. Sears had seen the scam play out at the station in the past. In fact, there was a box of watches shipped to a local jeweler who was wise to the ploy and refused delivery of the shipment. So what was Sears to do with a box of watches no one would claim? You probably have an idea of where this is headed, but don't know how that box of watches turned into something much larger. That part of the story. Next time, as we travel the countryside in Redwood Falls, Minnesota, I'm Andrew McRae.